Hello, and welcome to Codish, an exploration of the lives of modern developers. Join us as we dive into topics like languages and frameworks, data and event-driven architectures, and individual and team productivity, all tailored to developers and engineering leaders. This episode is part of our Heroku in the Wild series. Hello, and welcome to Codish. My name is Johnny Borsico, and I will be your host for this episode of Codish. Today, we will be talking about Go at Heroku. I am pleased to be joined by two of my colleagues, Ed Muller and Rishab Wasson, who will share their experiences with the language and add some color to how they've seen it used within the organization. Um, so let's begin with you, Ed. How long have you been at Heroku and in, in, in what capacity? Uh, let's see, I've been at Heroku now for uh, eight years. Uh, and during that time, I've been on, well, pretty much all the teams. Um, I started, uh, on our database team and transitioned through some infrastructure, uh, teams, uh, that worked on AWS and eventually metrics and, and logging. After that, I wanted a little bit of a challenge and, uh, became the Go language owner and, uh, eventually though found my way back to metrics and now into, uh, SRE land, uh, where I'm working on, uh, Go tooling. Uh, some open telemetry stuff, and uh, generally observability. Uh, but Rashab, um, I know even less about you and, and what you've been <laughs> uh, up to at Heroku. So how long have you been at Heroku? Yeah, so I've been at Heroku for about a year and a half. Um, I'm pretty new to the industry. This is actually like, like my first job. And um, a bit of a brief history about myself. I recently graduated from UC Berkeley about two years ago. Um, after studying some computer science. And prior to that, I was actually a FutureForce intern on one of the other clouds at Salesforce called Salesforce IoT Cloud. And um, most recently, I've started as a software engineer on the runtime infrastructure team. Very cool. So as for me, um, I'm relatively new into Heroku still, I'd say, at least relative to the two of you. Uh, It's uh, been, what, maybe my sixth, I think I'm entering my sixth month uh, at Heroku. Uh, I joined as an an SRE, um, and uh, and Ed and I are also part of the SRE uh, org within uh, within Heroku. And this this has been an awesome journey for me. So... Ed, I know you've been at Heroku the longest, so I know I know internally right now that you're definitely one of the people who looks after the, the build pack. So whenever the, there's a there's a new version of Go that comes out, um, sort of a you're sort of one of the, one of the, the sort of the first people the org looks to to make sure that we're running the latest and greatest, we're patching and, and we're basically you know keeping up with the the releases of Go. Like, can you, can you give us a little bit of insight into sort of what, what the process is like? Is it something that's difficult to do, hard to manage? Like, you know, is is it you have automation? around it? How, how easy is it to keep the build pack um, fresh and, and serving our customers? Keeping Go up to date on the build pack itself is relatively straightforward. We have a little script inside the build pack repo itself that we can use to, to, to do the work to bump versions. And then things like CI and CD for the most part, you know, validate that the existing tests and everything are, are good. Um, there are challenges supporting every new major release. So like go 112 to go 113, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, for instance, like the default is currently still uh, one of the go 112 lines um, because there are a whole bunch of implications with uh, turning to modules being the default on. And yeah, we're not yet 
sure we understand all of the implications of it from the standpoint of the build pack anyway, and how that affects all the users of the build pack. But the general process of like bumping for point versions and things like that is is really simple. Pretty much since I've been in Heroku, every new project, it's, it sounds like it's it's being written in Go, uh, but we still have a lot of projects that have been written in Ruby. Um, some new projects even are either Ruby and we have some Elixir as well. Um, so we're truly a, a polyglot sort of organization. Um, the, we have a set of sort of go-to languages that we use, um, but Go is increasingly being a, 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 a sort of a, one of the first ones we look at, especially for, for, for back-end kind of systems and services that need to talk to each other, that kind of thing. So uh, this how we do metrics and how we do sort of a, um, when folks hit the api.heroku.com, um, that stuff is, is, is most of that stuff is in Go. How private spaces are run. Um, that most of that stuff is, is controlled in, in, in Go. So we have a lot, a lot of Go. So does that mean, do you think, does that mean we have a lot of Go expertise in-house? And along those lines, perhaps, Rashab, you can sort of uh, chime into this one. How have you, how easy has it been for you, right, coming out of school and this being your first job? Were you doing Go, you know, at school or did you learn Go on the job? How easy has it been for you to sort of learn Go and be productive with the language at Heroku? Uh, at, at college, actually, I never even heard of Go. Um, the main languages that I used was actually Java and Python. And coming to Heroku and starting my, my first job, uh, it was quite a bit of a surprise just hearing that um, I would be working in Go and Ruby and learning like a new language. So specifically, there were like a couple of resources that really helped me um, gain a bit of an understanding about the Go ecosystem and learn how I can actually like start writing um, idiomatic Go. Um, for example, the runtime team, like specifically, uh, we have a program called Runtime University, and it has a huge section on Go, which it also references Go by example and other resources where an engineer who is like relatively new to Go or wants a refresher can actually go in and do some practical exercises and learn, for example, syntax about the language or like how to actually write um, good Go. Also, for myself, um, one of the biggest things that has really um, help me learn Go at a, at a, at a good rate is um, reading a lot of Go code. So taking like an existing microservice that we have and then reading it end to end um, really helped me understand how to build a service in Go. And then also when I'm making changes to an existing service, um, reading that whole like code base um, was very helpful. So I think overall, um, as like a new engineer, uh, we have some patterns at Heroku, such as like Runtime University, um, that really support a new engineer um, to learn some Go. So one of the things that that you, as a Go developer, start to sort of uh, hear, right? as a new Go developer, you start to hear more and more of the more Go you do, is this concept of idiomatic Go, right? So it, it's you could write Go that looks kind of like Java a little bit or some other language that you're familiar with, you know, but you wouldn't be sort of a, a, um, sort of a doing it the way most Go developers do, right? So, and this is something that basically is more subjective than it is sort of a, you know, a specific set of sort of a, um, you know, if you don't write it a certain way, then your code will come back kind of thing. But it's more along the lines of this is the expectation, right, out in the Go community. And this is, you know, when you look at a Go code base. And uh, Ed, I know you've been sort of the, 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 the leading sort of person internally behind the, our Go design guide 
right? Maybe you can sort of add some flavor there as to basically how much of sort of the the community's sort of concept, right, of idiomatic Go, how much of that basically is impacting or influencing uh, how we approach Go development internally. I like to think of as our Go design guide. First of all, it's a it's a living doc, right? So I uh, expect it to evolve over time. It's an attempt to basically try to get all the engineers on the same page about um, how to structure projects and how to write um, Heroku's version of Idiomatic Go. I do feel that a lot of things captured in that guide uh, are inspired by uh, the things you see in the community at large. Uh, for instance, the guide has many callouts to everything from like Dave Cheney's blog um, to Yana's blog to the Go Wiki and things like that, and usually has text um, for purposes of clarification or to uh, you know better relate the contents that are linked out to to the context of Heroku and the types of services and tools that 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 we need to write. And like I said, some of the the main the main motivation for me uh, starting it several years ago was um, as the Go language owner. Then uh, I would read a lot of Go code internally, and different projects were trying different things which is something you know, we want to continue to encourage. But as the code bases um, go from experimentation phase uh, into production and, and things like that, in order to have that code base uh, easily maintainable and modifiable by a large swath of engineers, it, my, my opinion is uh, that it's better if we do thing X in the same way um, across as much of our code, our Go code bases as possible. And it, the, the attempt for the design guide is to say, is to state what those ways are. Um, and the reason uh, and motivation behind why we feel that that is the right way for us to do it and to provide examples and all that context uh, for, uh, for posterity. Uh, and again, since it's a living doc though, it doesn't mean it's going to all, like if we say do this for these reasons, it doesn't mean in six months from now, it might not give different advice for the same thing because we've learned something in the in the interim. Um, mm. And we have a process in place um, through an internal uh, RFC or request for comment um, process uh, to modify that doc. Mm-hmm. And Rishab, uh, I know you want to add some flavor to that. Yeah. Um, so I, this is actually something I forgot to mention earlier. The Go design guide for myself has actually been like a fantastic resource as a new engineer. Um, I think, for example, when I start working in a new code base um, with like Go, like learning the, le- learning the language as a beginner, um, you're always looking and asking around for patterns or questions around, is the way that I'm writing this correct? And does it make sense? And the Go design guide being there as kind of like an artifact that you can look at and see patterns and standards, which to most people make sense, um, provides kind of like a sense of proof or like prior art 
to say, hey, this code makes sense because the Go design guy references this pattern, so I'm going to implement it this way. And also, um, when doing code reviews, for example, um, I also reference like the Go design guide as a reason um, as to why certain code should be written in, in a certain way. So it provides a lot of examples and provides a lot of explanation as to writing um, a good standard of Go. So as, as someone who has sort of learned Go on the job, I, I do want to sort of ask, though, like as sort of a newcomer to Go, what have you found to be the hardest thing, right, to learn about the language? What, what have been sort of your stumbling blocks, what, what, things you keep coming back to and over and over that has taken some time to sort of sink in for you? Yeah, so I think there were like a few things that I found difficult along the way when learning Go. Um, one of them was actually dependency management. So knowing, so different code bases used um, different tools to manage their dependencies. Um, some code bases that we have use DEP, um, others uses, used GoMod or modules. So understanding, like initially when I was starting, I had no idea how like dependency management worked in Go. So knowing when to use either was uh, a big issue. Um, also, a difficulty along the way that I had was knowing that the code that I was writing was idiomatic. So I would look to other resources such as the Go Design Guide or Dave Cheney's blog to really validate whether or not the code that I was write, writing was idiomatic. And another issue or another difficulty along the way was knowing if the pattern that I was using to solve a problem uh, was appropriate at the time. And it's very similar to writing idiomatic Go, but knowing if the solution that I had uh, was appropriate. And have you found, if you found that uh, basically team members to be sort of a um, go-to resources as well. Um, um, so how, how much, how much sort of a um, face-to-face you have, you have, have you had to, 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 to do, right? And then how much of it do you think you spend in sort of a um, pull request going back and forth kind of thing? Like, did, did you find, have you found, I guess what I'm asking, what has the experience overall been like for, for, for somebody who ne- didn't know go before and has, has sort of been learning it on the job? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think being very new to Go, um, just asking a lot of questions and always questioning like why something was done the way it was done. Um, so just being open to like asking a lot of questions, especially to like senior engineers who've been like writing Go for a multitude of years. And specifically in pull review or pull requests, um, asking targeted questions to the reviewers and saying, hey, does this section of code make sense based on this pattern that I found here? And really soliciting specific feedback. Um, so yeah, I also definitely took advantage of like pairing uh, while doing code reviews. So we would hop on a call together, uh, look at the code together, and I would explain and do some kind of like a walkthrough, um, explaining the reasons why I took um, when writing a certain piece of code and really got a chance to add some more flavor to the code review process. So Ed, I'm I'm curious, do do you do you think your journey, I mean you've been doing go for many many years, uh, what do you where do you see yourself at, at this point in your sort of a career in terms of, you know, your your your, your expertise with go, like do you, do you still think the language has a lot to offer you? You still you still think you, you there's a lot to learn? Like is it the has the way you've written Go along those lines, has the way you, you write Go today, has that changed over the years? 
Oh, it's totally changed. Um, Go is not my first language. Um, it's maybe my seventh, eighth, sixth, something like that language professionally. I did what everybody does, or at least I assume what everybody does when they first learn uh, a new language, and that is mix in, you know, styles picked up and or used in their uh, in the language that they use previously most. Previous to Ruby, for instance, I had used Python a lot. So when I first came to Ruby, I wrote my Ruby like Python um, and was quickly yelled at by a bunch of Rubyists. Um, uh, so when I came to Go, I wrote what I currently call um, Gooby, which is the mishmash of Go and Ruby, which I've seen plenty of. I've also seen plenty of Gython. I've seen plenty Gava. Um, I, I've seen all of these. And, I, and I'm not, and I don't say that to like cast derision on the people doing that, but I, I believe it's also important to recognize that that's part of the process of getting like transitioning and, 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 and learning uh, a new language. Uh, as far as uh, new people coming into Go, though, I think like uh, I think the best thing we can do for new engineers is pair with them uh, and pair with them on um, specific uh, tasks. Mm -hmm. I have offered uh, and continue to offer pairing um, with any uh, any engineer on any project, and uh, those who have taken me up on it, the sessions have been most productive. I, I believe for myself as well, mm -hmm. kind of experiencing the beginner mindset, mm -hmm. uh, which I'm so removed from now. So, uh, you know, experiencing that firsthand. And then uh, I hope for them as well, because I, I, you know, through that process of pairing, we can explore like the design philosophies that I think are uh, idiomatic go, where some early attempts at this people I was pairing with attempted to use me as like an go encyclopedia. <laughs> and I, I feel like neither one of us, uh, you know, neither party came away from that experience uh, feeling like they had gotten good use of that time. Uh, so that's something else I, I recommend for more senior go engineers. When you, when you offer something or do pairing with somebody uh, try to do it on a, like have a specific focus um, and a, a goal to accomplish, you know, re, a refactor, uh, new, implement something new, uh, both of those, whatever, mm -hmm. not just like, Hey, look at this code and tell me how it could be better because there's no, there's no absolute right answer to that. It, it involves too many contexts right. that are specific to the, the project, how the deployment, uh, the engineers involved, et cetera, et cetera. Where where do we see Go sort of uh, um, going at, at Heroku? The obviously we've already mentioned that a lot of our a lot of our control plane um, um, software is written in Go, and uh, you know everywhere I turn, I think you know within the organization I see more and more Go. Uh, do you think that's that's sort of the 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 language the the bulk of the of the engineering teams at Heroku are going to be writing software for the foreseeable future? Um, in your mind. I'd certainly like that. Um, I, uh, I suspect um, a lot of Rubyists might uh, be more immediately attracted to something like Elixir mm -hmm. 
that's a theory, not something I know. Uh, but I think uh, Elixir can give uh, like the Rubyist some of the advantages that you would get from Go while keeping some of the things that they like about Ruby. And those are the same, a lot of those things are the same things that kind of drive me crazy about Ruby. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Ruby and Go are different. Um, with that said, uh, I th- do think like, Go is embedded into our infrastructure. Um, to the extent that it will likely continue to be uh, one of one to four primarily primary languages that Heroku Engineering ends up using, um, especially uh, while things like Docker and Kubernetes uh, and stuff like that continue to um, kind of like dominate mindshare uh, in the industry. Mm-hmm. So, Rishab, what what are you most looking forward to uh, um, uh, on your end with with regards to working with Go? Are, are you do you, any project you get to work on that that involves Go? You're happy with, or, or do you have a, a, a specific kind of project that you find the most fun to write in, in Go? Like where 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 your head, where's your head at? So currently, I have the pleasure of actually writing a new service that actually deploys to our Kubernetes clusters in a secure and scalable fashion. And that service is written in Go. So it's been kind of like a journey for myself in the sense that it's like a foundational project where I get to actually like bootstrap a new service in Go and like really figure out for myself um, good design patterns and writing good Go code. So it gives me the space and the time to actually experiment and learn, um, which I'm pretty happy about. Well, I'm glad we're able to to have this chat, and and I personally learned a bit more about how Heroku uses Go, and and knowing that there are folks who are sort of a brand new to Go in the organization as well, um, that are sort of uh, learning how to how to write Go, uh, um, and how to write idiomatic Go, and and folks like uh, Rishab, and also folks like Ed who have been doing it for a while, um, providing some guidance, and and you know. I, me having joined the organization and knowing knowing that Go was a was a, one of the determinative factors for me joining the organization, I'm glad to see that there's 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 a lot more um, um, to the org, a lot more to the services and everything else that we're doing that that's written in Go, and that makes me happy. <laughs> so I am uh, yeah, I'm grateful that we're able to sort of uh, get on this chat, have this chat, uh, and thank you for being uh, I guess on the show today. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for hosting. Thank you, Johnny, for having me. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Codish podcast. Codish is produced by Heroku, the easiest way to deploy, manage, and scale your applications in the cloud. If you'd like to learn more about Codish or any of Heroku's podcasts, please visit heroku.com slash podcasts. 